Amen. You believe that? Are you, do you mean that? Amen. We're so glad you're here. God's house. Today's the day that the Lord has made. Amen. How many rejoice and are glad in it? Amen. How many are glad that you know Jesus this morning? Amen. There's no better place that we could be this morning. I hope as you came in, you got one of these. Uh, this will be our bulletin for October and September. And uh, there's a lot of events going on over there. I wanted you to just make sure that you, you take this with you. Uh, you know, these cost money. We don't do them just so it looks good. We, take, we do them so you'll look at them and see all the events coming up. We've got baptism this month. Uh, we've always got men's discipleship and ladies' meetings going. We had a great men's discipleship yesterday. And uh, we've got, uh, obviously, Harvest Fest coming up at the end of October, which is something we do every year and is always a great outreach. As a matter of fact, we've got a family in the back, Joe and Angie, that came in through that, through that uh, outreach. Amen. And then we're going to have an awesome revival with Pastor Safari from Nairobi, Kenya next month. Amen. So he's going to bring a great word. Him and his wife are coming. And they'll be coming after conference. So it's going to be charged up. Amen. And we've got a lot of us that are going to conference. So um, see Laura and Kendra for conference. My, my cousin Kendra right there, she just raised her hand. And uh, Laura is back in Sunday school. But she, Kendra's organizing uh, the van and just different things. And she's a, she's a great organizer. I appreciate her help. She helps me because that is not my strong point. Amen. So see her at conference if you haven't already. You can still go if you make plans. And then I want to really talk this morning before I get into the word about this one that's on this side. Very, very, very important. If you've got your thing, look at it. Second thing down after prayer moves the hand of God. We're going to do something we've never done before. It's called a church-wide outreach. Okay? And did anybody not get these? If you didn't get these, make sure as you leave that they're, they're in the, are they in the entryway, Pastor Andrews? Or they are, we'll have them at a few by the back door as you go out that glass door. And just take one and stick it on your refrigerator or someplace that you'll remember it so you can see the events going on. But we're going to do something this month we've never done before. We do outreach all the time. That's what our church is about. But I want everybody to get involved. And we've been announcing this for three weeks already, and so there's no excuse to not be there. And this is, the, this is an outreach we want people to get there that have never gone before, that have never tried, that have never gone to an outreach. Now, we can't make anybody do anything, obviously. We're not going to stick a gun to your head. But we would love to see a miraculous amount of people show up to this. I would love to see, my goal is to see 100 people show up for this outreach. Can you imagine what we can do to the city of Denton? How many seeds we can plant? How many people, how many want some people to know about what God is doing in this place? Amen. How, how many want some people to get saved? And know, how many know there's a whole lot of people outside of here that are not saved in, in Denton that need Jesus? Or maybe there's some people that are, that are, that are, that are angry at God and they've stopped going to church. Whatever, there's all, or they just moved here and they're looking for a church. There's all kinds of scenarios. We're going to be passing out, I don't have them made yet, they're being made right now, uh, cards about this size that's going to have saying something for the whole family on one side. It's going to talk about our kids' ministry and our youth and our services. And then the other side, it's going to have something called That's My Miracle. And Dwayne and Myra are going to be our poster childs this month, amen. They're going to be on it, so their, their faces are going to be all over the city of Denton. I asked permission first, amen. 
and they're one of our newest converts, and God's done a great work in them in their lives, and, and now they're serving the Lord. But uh, their picture is going to be on there, and it's just going to say, that's my miracle, and they're going to be able to go to our website and read a bunch of testimonies about what God is doing in our church. And so that day, we're just going to pr- come here. We're going to pray. We're going to get some shirts made for those that want to buy a shirt. We're not making any money on them. We're going to get some shirts made that will cost it about $10, nice quality-looking shirts with our logo. And uh, everybody's going to have to buy their own for that. We, we wish we had the money to just give them away. If we did, I would. And, but uh, we're going to have some shirts made, and we're going to just massively hit the city. We're going to take maps, and we're going to hit all kinds of areas of the, of the city. We're going to go house to house and pass these out, and we're just going get, to get these in people's hands. Amen? So that's the 28th of September. It's a Saturday. We'll be meeting here at 10. Be a couple hours. Come back up to the church and have some testimony. So you have plenty of time. You still have three weeks if you haven't heard about this yet, to get this on your calendar. Amen? How many came to get a word from God this morning? Amen. I believe I've got a word from God for you. I'm going to show a video. I want to make sure. You know, we've always got visitors. We've always got new people. We've always got people from different walks of life. I want everybody to know that that my heart is pure, that I'm not trying to hurt anybody, that I'm just trying to preach what the Bible says. And as a pastor, my job is to let you know the things that are going on in our world. And a lot of times you've got to realize that the, one of the greatest tools that the devil can use is the church to deceive the world. Or he can use the masses to deceive the world. And I'm going to show, I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday. If you were here Wednesday, you're already going to kind of know where we're going. But some events happened a couple weeks ago or in the last couple weeks here in Dallas. And because it's here in Dallas, that's why I'm talking about it. I want everybody in this place to know it's not picking on a specific person. It's picking on a specific thing that's taking place. Okay, I want everybody to know that and know my heart. And I know the Holy Spirit is already preparing you for that. And I will get into this some more. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture this morning, so get your Bibles ready. But I just want to show a quick video about something that's uh, taken place recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, 
sure you understand that T.D. Jakes has been somebody I've listened to for a long, long time. He's a great preacher, and I do not have anything against him except for what he's doing right now. And Joel Olstein, who's white, I don't want y'all to think this is something I'm picking on somebody who's black, amen, has been dancing with Oprah for a long time. So this is just recent, amen. But I want y'all to understand that this is something that is so biblical and so uh, such a sign of the times right now. If you'd open your Bibles to Matthew four, sorry Matthew sixteen, I want to get into the Word this morning. This is this is something that is taking place. I, I I'm exposing this morning the mega church. I'm exposing false preachers, false doctrines, people who are not preaching the truth. And the Bible is very clear about these things. And I began to get into this on Wednesday. And again, these are things that you could leave alone. It'd be easier to leave them alone. I'm not 
angry at this man. I'm sad. Like I said, I've listened to this guy preach for a long time. He's an amazing preacher. But it is sad is what he has done. And when you open up, and I remember, I think Dylan told me last week that he had heard that she was going to be part of his mega fest. And I've heard the name before, didn't know a lot about the event. But as soon as he told me that, I didn't know anything else. I said, that is bad. You cannot open up the door to a woman like Oprah and let her come into your house and make her part of something. It would, it would be a lot different if she was, this was something where he would have gone and talked on Oprah at her stage and, and shared his faith with the world as an opportunity. But when you take someone who believes what Oprah believes, and I hope you heard on that video, she said there can't be only one way to God. You're taking notes, and you don't get anything else, write that down. She believes, as many people do today, that there cannot be just one way to God. There has to be many paths to God. Okay, that's what, that's what the world wants us to believe. But I'm going to show you in the scriptures today that that is not the case. That's, we're not, we're not going to go by what a preacher says, like me. We're going to go by what the Bible says. Amen. That's how we're going to be ready for Jesus is to have your Bibles open. And one of the things that I pick on on the mega church is these people don't take their Bibles to church. And they don't look at them. They just, they just listen and amen and shout glory. And they don't, are not studying the scriptures. They're not getting into it themselves. And they're being deceived. Because anybody that's, not, that's reading these scriptures would see there's no reason for a man like T.D. Jakes to be having someone like Oprah part of his thing. You are bringing that abomination into your ministry. And now because he's done that, unfortunately for him, I'm sure we've all made mistakes. I hope he realizes what he's done. I hope he can fix it and backtrack and take care of it. But now you put T.D. Jake's name up, all the videos on YouTube are all exposed. False prophet, this and that, spirit of the Antichrist. You think he wanted that? But guess what? He's danced with the devil now. He's opened up the door for Oprah to come in. And now he's affiliated with her. And let me tell you something, money moves people. And we've got to be very careful that we're serving God for God this morning. Amen? So Jesus asked this question in Matthew 16, if you've got your Bibles open. He said this, verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question that 2013, 2013 years later is relevant. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Right? There's the question. Who do people say that I am? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down as a title so you can understand where we're going. Do you know who Jesus really is, for one? And if you do, who do you say he is? That's the question that you need to have answered if you don't know it before we leave this place this morning. Who do you really say Jesus is? So he asked that question, and Peter answers in verse 16, the answer you need to answer, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. That is who Jesus is. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the Son of the living God. Amen. So, so these two people recently, T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen, have come out in the last couple T.D. Jakes more recently, Joel Osteen, in the last couple years, he was on Oprah, he was on uh, Larry King, and they were asked, and they both have stated, in, maybe in a play of their words, that's the problem, but it gets on TV, and, or on, on, uh, caught on video, and they've both said that, that there are more than one path to God. 
I saw an interview where T.D. Jakes gave a very good answer. And he said, Jesus is the door. And then the next segment came along, and then she, he, she asked him another question. you got to understand that when the devil's using somebody, he knows very well how to speak. Because he's talked well enough to deceive Adam and Eve in the garden. He's a deceiver, and he knows the Bible. And remember, he tried to deceive Jesus in Matthew 4. When he came out of fasting and praying, he began to talk to Jesus and say, Hey, if you're really the Son of God, do this. And if you're really the Son of God, turn that stone into bread. And he began to tempt Jesus. And Jesus' answer was not, uh, 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 uh. Jesus' answer was not, well, I think, I believe, it's not my job to. His answer was, the Bible says, it is written. Amen. It is written. You shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He spoke the word against Satan. The devil knows the word. And so she asked this question again on another segment. You can see all this on, the, on I'm not making any of this up. And she asked him again, and she says, who is God? He begins to answer the question, and for some reason, because of the conniving spirit of the enemy, he goes back and re-answers in a different way and says to her, now this thing you mess this thing you talk about many paths to God he says there has to be something to that there has to be many paths to God so in one segment he said Jesus is the door and in the next segment he says there has to be many paths to God because when you're sitting there with a person of influence who has the spirit of the antichrist on them and she's one of the most powerful financially powerful women in the world you could get a little bit deceived even T.D. Jakes when you don't pull out the word, he should have just said again, the Bible says. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon, stop saying what you think and start saying what the Bible says. Period. Amen? You, you don't have to defend the word of God. It will defend it all by himself. God doesn't need us to say, well, I don't know if that's really what it says. Well, I don't know. You know, that's not my job. These pastors say it's not my job to say who's going to go to hell. Just read the scripture. Peter did not, did, did not say anything else, but you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Who's influencing who? Is he influencing her or is she influencing him? Somebody's going to influence somebody. Now go quickly with me. I'm going to get your fingers to do the walking this morning. Amen? Like the yellow pages. I know that don't even exist anymore. We don't do the walking with the yellow pages anymore, so we'll do it with the Bible. Romans 16 Say amen when you get there. Get your Bibles ready. Begin to look. I don't want, if you don't have a Bible, we've got, well, no, we don't. We don't have any more Bibles over there. We'll get some. Read with somebody. I want you to see the scriptures this morning. And I'm going to go through this as quickly as I can. Here's why somebody can begin to say the truth kind of, sort of, and not the whole truth. Because when the gospel begins to be preached, Unfortunately, when it's not being preached in truth and, and the whole truth and you don't hold on to certain things and money begins to get involved and fame begins to come and masses begin to come and things begin to happen, then, then that money, the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. And when money begins to be big enough that you can sleep in a big enough bed at night to sleep this way, I don't know how these guys sleep, but I guess I'm figuring it out. They got a really expensive, comfortable bed. 
That's got to be how they can sleep at night. I don't know. I don't think I could sleep at night if I'm not preaching the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth about God. But money begins to get involved, and look what Romans 16, I showed this to the guys, I think, yesterday. Romans 16, say amen if you're there. I, verse 17, I urge you, this says avoid divisive persons in my Bible. Brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such, watch this, do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And watch this, by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of of the simple. That is what the mega church is doing. You might be going, what is the mega church? The mega church is the church that has 15, 20, 25, 30,000 people in it. And it's a, and you go, wow, that's got to be God because there's so many people there. It's got to be God. And that mega church is basically, without them admitting it, worshiping whoever is that preacher. They're worshiping that man. He or she's the man. They're it. They're, whoever's running that place, they're it. They're, they're, they're the person. And, and it becomes an idol. And, and a, a preacher can begin to get so much, hey, good message. Hey, you're preaching the truth. Hey, good job. You can begin to get so much of that that you begin to believe it. When you don't push the glory up to God, it's, it's dangerous. Amen. Paul said, I'm not a man who's got persuasive words or eloquent words. I, I depend on a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power to, to prove who I am. So you see why these people begin to do it. Now, I want you to write down in your notes the spirit of the Antichrist, and I want you to go pushing the pages to your left, going right towards the end of the Bible to the book of 1 John. How many have heard the verse before? I'm not going to read it for taking time, that the Bible says that in the last days... The spirit of the Antichrist will rise up. Now, I want you to understand something. I'm going to teach you something this morning. There's two types of Antichrist, just like there's two types of gods. Now, then don't get confused, okay? In the Bible, the God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the I Am is God with a G, capital. But there are many G-O-Ds with little g, that the world and Satan have in, and we have invented. It's the same with the Antichrist. The Antichrist, capital A, is a man who is, I believe, alive today and is going to come on the scene and he's going to deceive the entire world after the rapture of the church and he's going to take people right where the devil wants them to take and it's all, all written about him in Revelation, but he's, he's going to come on the scene as a one person, but right now there's a spirit of the Antichrist and there are Antichrists with a little a, in the world right now. And the little a antichrists are, are, are anybody who is not preaching these things. Okay? Or fellowshipping with those who do. And so let me show you what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1. These are very clear scriptures. Don't even need any explanation. Verse 18. Say amen if you're there. Little children. It is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist, notice that that Antichrist is capital A, is coming, meaning he's not here yet. Even now, many, what, Antichrists, that's little a, have come. By which we know that this is the last hour. Obviously, today it's a lot more prominent than it was 2,000 years ago when this was written. 
because we're closer to the end. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Now I want you to understand something. That could be an individual. That could be a preacher. Somebody who started off right. Y'all looking at the right place? Did I say something wrong? Ah, see, 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 isn't that awesome? Y'all paying attention. When I look down at you and everybody's looking at each other, I know something's wrong. Okay, my notes. See, that's why you, that's why you open your Bible. My notes say chapter 1. I, wrote, I typed it wrong. Okay, now I got to read all that again? All right. God help me. 1 John chapter 2. I have a pen up here. I'm making note of that right now, so I don't do it again. Verse 18, little children is the last hour as you've learned and heard the Antichrist, notice the capital A, is coming. Even now many Antichrist, little A, have come, by which we know that this is the last hour. They went out from us. That means at one time they were right, but they were not of us because they left. For if they had been of us, meaning continuing, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Stop right there for a second. Most of these people who are preaching false gospels today, most, probably started out right. Pure. With the right heart. That they want. I don't, I don't really think, I'm not saying it can't exist, but most of these people aren't probably waking up and going, you know what, I think in 15 years I'll be a mega church pastor and I'll be a false prophet. And, and I, you know, I don't think they do that. They, they start off right trying to be right, and then, and then the devil begins to come dance with them, and they dance back. Verse 20, but you have an anointing. You have an anointing. Who? Anybody who is not believing these things from the Holy One, and you know all things. Keep with me, 21. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Watch 22. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Watch this. He is Antichrist, little a, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You cannot say, I believe in God, but not believe in Jesus. You cannot say, I believe in Jesus, but not believe in God. You cannot say, I believe in Jesus only. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit here? He's, he's the one that's anointing the person to write. All the way back to Genesis, you see that the Trinity existed. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go to chapter 4. I'm going to run through this quickly. Same, same book, chapter 4. Verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, stop there for a second. A lot of times we hear a verse like that and we think, oh, um, is this of God? No, he's saying test the spirits by the word of God. You can know what they're preaching. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. If they're not preaching the whole truth, then that's not God. Many false prophets, verse 1, have gone out into the world. Verse 2, but by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit, watch this, that professes that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh 
is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and now is already in the world. What does that mean? Let me break it down to you elementary. Jesus Christ is not is a historical figure, okay? Nobody in the world can deny that Jesus Christ walked this earth. Whether they believe in Jesus or not, as the Savior, it's historical fact Jesus walked the earth. That cannot be argued by an atheist. What has to be argued and believed for you and I to be in the faith is we must believe that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. That God stepped out of heaven and came down and was born of a virgin. Of a, of a virgin. That's very important. This is doctrine 101. And the reason he had to be born of a virgin is because that baby had to be conceived by the Holy Spirit, not by a man. Because if a man would have conceived that one, sin would have came in like it's come in every other person's since Adam and Eve. But God had to come down and be born of a virgin. That womb was sanctified. And there was no sexual relation that would cause any sin to come into that bloodline. And so Jesus was born perfect without the sin nature. Amen. And then he was walking a perfect life on this earth and he was born to die. And then he died for our sins. But the key to this verse is that we must believe that he was God in the Father. That means deity. That means he was a, he was a human being, but he was God in the flesh. That means that you touch this body, you, you look at the, out these eyes, you feel the pain you feel, you feel the emotions, the anger, the, all the things we feel. He felt all of them. How, how, how else could God do what he did? It's what makes the plan of salvation so amazing. That he actually came down and lived in a real physical body and died perfect. Amen? This is very important. These are things you must hold on to in these last days. You can argue about a whole lot of stuff in the church. Go ahead and waste your time on all kinds of things I'm not even going to go into. But these things right here, don't mess with them. This is salvation and life and death stuff right here. You cannot mess with Jesus and who he is and what he means to us. Jesus is not just a good person, a prophet, a mighty man that God used. No, he is God. He is the Christ, the God, the son of the living God. Amen. God in the flesh. The only way to heaven. The only way, say that, the only way to heaven. There are no two or three or four paths to God. There's one path, one way. We sang it this morning, one way, Jesus. Now, go with me to the book of Acts, if you would. I'm trying to go as quick as I can. I've got a lot of verses. Amen. Somebody tell me to preach. All right, I will. Acts chapter 4. You know, when you fall in love with God, you fall in love with the Word. And then when you begin to get a little bit of maturity and you begin to realize how alive this Word is and how it can give us the answers to these questions that we have. And if people would just get in their Bible, they wouldn't be so lost. Amen. 
This, this, is God, this is God's plan. What I'm doing up here is God's plan. But it's got to be God's way. And the truth's got to come out of the pulpit. And there's got to be some character in the pulpit. There's got to be some truth in the pulpit. Amen? And we've got to be people who are listening and watching. And say, okay, that lines up. Yep, that lines up. That lines up. That, nope, that's not right. Amen? We've got to be watching. If these people would be watching, they wouldn't be being deceived. Pray for these churches. Someone in our church this week expressed their, their pain to me for all these people that are lost, and I feel that pain too. But you know what, church? They're all going to stand before God. God forbid that man that's got to stand for God that has to give an account for all the people he deceived. But those people are going to have to give an account for their own lives. He's going to say, why didn't you get the Bible out? Why didn't you line the scriptures up? So you, you can blame the pastor a lot, but it's the people who put this pastor up on the platform. It's the people who elevate him to be a god. It's the people who act like a bodyguard for him. Some of y'all don't even know what that means. It means what I said. These people think they need a bodyguard. I've seen it. Jesus didn't have any bodyguards. Oh, he had the 12 disciples. Let me just break that down to you real quick. Let me just chase a rabbit real quick. Well, hey, Jesus had 12 men around him. I'm sure no one got to him. Yeah, I, I remember this little story that these little kids were trying to get to Jesus. And the guys said, oh, no, 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 no. And Jesus said, don't stop those little kids from coming to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Oh, oh, that the woman had to press past the crowd and press past the bodyguards to get to Jesus so she could be healed. No, she had to press past the other people who wanted to get healed. Jesus didn't have bodyguards. Preachers shouldn't have bodyguards. Who are we? Who am I? It's Jesus. Push it up, amen? Push it up to Jesus. You push everything up to Jesus. You push the glory up to Jesus, you're never going to have a problem. Amen? We are just messengers. We are just vessels. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. There's something, say this with me, there's something about the name of Jesus. Paul, sorry, Peter's preaching. Peter and John have been arrested. And he begins to preach in chapter 4, in verse 10. He says, let it be known to you all, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. They had healed somebody and they were mad. This, watch this, this is the stone which was rejected by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. One name, Jesus. How many are smart enough to understand one? I never liked math, but I got one. Amen, I get one. One. I was never good at math, but one. I get that. Not two, not three, not four, not many. One. And I actually mentioned this on Wednesday and thought about it. Aren't you thankful, honestly, that there is just one? What if there was five? 
And we had to figure out which one of the five was. And we missed it. Amen? God is really clear in his word. He did, I mean, he could have, as God, if he wanted to, said, hey, guess what? There's three paths to me. You figure it out. And if you figure it out, God bless you. I'll see you in heaven. Two, two, two-thirds, you know, two, you had only a 33% chance of being right. That's not very good odds. But he didn't say that. He said, you want to come up to heaven? There's just one way. There's just one door. There's just one path. There's just one name. His name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus. The name above all names. The only name that's worthy to be praised. Amen. When that book gets opened up in heaven, they're looking around. The the Bible says in Revelation, they're saying, who's worthy to open the book? There wasn't five people who said, me. One person. One person walked out. Nail scars in his hands and in his feet. And he was worthy to open the book. Why? Because he died for you and me. He paid the price, amen, that we could not pay. He paid the debt that we owed that we could never, ever, ever pay. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for your salvation. Amen. He's preaching here. He says there's no other name that can you, in which you can be saved but the name of Jesus. John 10, 1, I'm going to begin to read some scriptures. You can try to keep up with me now, but they're there. Write them down. Amen. John 10, 1, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, by the door, who's the door? Say the name. But climbs up, oh man, this is some good, this is a good word right here. This is a good verse right here, Oprah. There can't be just one way to God. There has to be many paths. If you didn't get to see the video, because that was a different one I showed Wednesday, thank God for the woman who on the show on national TV was bold enough to say Jesus is the only way to heaven. That woman was bold. She spoke it. Amen? Right there on national TV in in the house of one of the most powerful people in the world, she didn't bow down, just like the disciples didn't bow down. Amen? Just like we shouldn't bow down. It's God's word. He will defend us. Amen? We should stand up for Jesus. Me and Dylan were talking about that. Remember when when Stephen was, was stoned? And as he was getting stoned, the Bible says that, you know, the Bible says Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father, right? That's what the Bible says. He's interceding for us. The Bible says when Peter was stoned, Jesus stood up. Wouldn't you like Jesus to stand up for you today as you stand up for him? I believe, as Dylan said that day, that woman said that, and I believe Jesus stood up in heaven. Amen? That woman just spoke the truth to that false prophet. Amen? This Bible says very clearly right here, read it now that you're there. Most assuredly, this is Jesus speaking. I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. That's Jesus' words. Preach that in the mega church. Somebody say amen, please. That's the problem. Money speaks. 
Preachers are afraid to preach the truth because they're afraid people will walk with their wallets, talk with their wallets. Oh, I'm not going to stay here no more. In these mega churches, the problem is, is they attract millionaires. Amen. I'd love to have some millionaires and millionaires in here. But if some millionaires came in here, I'm not going to stop preaching the way I preach right now. Because God's going to take care of his church with some millionaires or without some millionaires, with poor people or with rich people. He told Peter, I'm going to build my church upon the rock and, my, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. I don't know how they sleep. They're more worried about what the people think than what Jesus thinks. I want Jesus to stand up for me. Amen. There's, a, there's another verse that's pretty clear. Jesus said, I am, verse 14, sorry, John 14, 6, I am the way. Not one of the ways. The truth. Not part of the truth. And the life. Are you with me? Some of you are looking. Go ahead. That's okay. We like that people don't know all these verses because that means we got new believers in here or we got some people who haven't heard preaching. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Go find your path, he says. No matter where you're at, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And if you'll just search, you'll find that path and you'll end up, as Oprah says, you'll end up with me. You just go your path. If it's Buddhism, you go Buddhism. If it's, if it's Islam, you go Islam. If it's atheism, you, you just do what, here's what the world teaches. You just do what feels good, what feels right to you, and whatever feels right, that'll get you there because you're a good person and you, you act right and you're nice. You'll get to heaven. That's what Oprah's teaching. What did Jesus, does anybody know what the verse continues to say? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one. I don't know if you can get any clearer. I don't know if there's a different way you can translate that. In Spanish, it's ninguna persona. Nadie. Amen. Nobody. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one. You know what T.D. Jake should have done? Listen, I'm not, I wasn't there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. He could have just said, John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through Jesus. See, when you preach, the, when you look at these, these guys and girls in the Bible who died for the faith, all they did was speak Jesus' words. They still got stoned. <laughs> Amen. It didn't change that any. But boy, when they got to heaven. Oh, boy, when they got to heaven. You know what it is to be a martyr for Jesus? Can you imagine what the welcoming home in heaven is? Man, we, 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 people do these parties and these great welcoming back, and they should for these soldiers that go over and, and fight wars for our country. Can you imagine what the welcoming home party is for somebody who stands up for Jesus and dies for their faith? Man, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Watch this. Galatians 2.16. I'm going to close up here. Galatians 2.16. Go there with me if you don't mind. I'm going to have to continue this tonight because I don't, 
I, ain't, I only got about a quarter of my verses out. Let me repeat this again. If you're here and you say, man, I don't, I don't know if I understand all this Bible stuff, and I'm not sure if I understand everything that, man, it's a lot, a lot to learn in here. I've been studying it for 20 years, and I think I have a clue about it still. But if there's one thing you need to get right, it's Jesus. Get the gospel right. Everything else will work it out. But don't have it. I know people who have theology, 999, not 101. They, they, man, they can quote scriptures and talk about the Bible all day long, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Sounds like some people Jesus rebuked in the, Old, in the New Testament. Did you hear what I just said? Have you read the scriptures? Those Pharisees and Sadducees, they were sad, you see. They knew the Bible, yet he got rebuked every time they opened their mouth. He says, you, you, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Always rebuking them. That's the church world today in a lot of ways. They have a knowledge. They're a mile wide and an inch, inch deep. Did you get that? But when you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he's the chief cornerstone of your faith, your faith, you're, 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 you're a mile high and an inch wide. It's vertical. I know who my Jesus is. I've got that down. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. And the reason I'm saved is because I believe in him. And the reason I can believe in him is because he died for me. And the reason he died for me is because I couldn't get there by myself. Galatians 2.16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. You seeing that? We have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified, watch this, by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Chris Clark preached a great message last Sunday on that very, that very subject. Now that doesn't mean that we just get to be bad. Because the Bible says faith without works is dead. But that faith or those works are not to receive our salvation. They are to walk in our salvation. Worthy of our salvation. They are fruits of righteousness. But your faith this morning, you coming to Jesus Christ, the way you stand in good standing with God has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Jesus and the cross and the blood. That's it. And then once you say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of the living God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you paid a debt. See, some of us don't really understand how wicked we are. We're all wicked. Our, our spirit is very judgmental. And we look around at other people and we think, oh, man, they, they're, they're pretty messed up. And, oh, man, they got it pretty bad. And, oh, man, they did this and they did that. And they're divorced and they're this and they're that. And they came from here and they went there. That's the spirit that's not God. Because you're just as lost without Jesus. 
If your faith is not in Jesus, let me tell you something that's very sad but very true. There's going to be a lot of G-O-O-D people in hell. A lot. A lot. Because they did not put their faith in Jesus Christ. All other faith and belief is sinking sand. You've got people who teach works, and, 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 and you, if you just be, there are religions that if you'll just be better and do more good than you do bad, that balance scale will work out and you'll make it to heaven. Again, I'd hate for that to be my, my ticket. Do you really realize this morning how much those things depend on us? And how true salvation depends on a just God and us believing in what he did for us. But here's what happens when you truly give your life to Jesus. You fall in love with him. And when you fall in love with him, you want to live for him. And when you live for him, you don't want to hurt him. And when you realize what he did for you, you don't want to trample that blood by doing the sin that you want to do. And so you crucify your flesh and you say no. And you begin to get the fruits of the spirit, which includes self-control. And you begin to say to know the things that you don't need to do because you don't want to hurt your Savior. And you begin to do things that will lift up the name of the Savior. And you begin to say, wow, I've been bought with the price, with the blood of Jesus. I'm going to spend the rest of my life lifting this man up. I'm going to do everything I can that people around me would want the Jesus that is in me. I don't want to misrepresent my Savior and my Lord. And you begin to live a life that's holy. And other people begin to say, man, I don't know what it is about you. But I want what you have. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is. What is it you have? And you just say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. You want what I have? You can have it. I said it on Wednesday. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, Jesus. You know what he was trying to say? I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I may rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Here's what's awesome. When you give your life to Jesus, he blesses you. He takes care of you. He feeds you. He anoints you to use you. And then you get into this thing called the call of God. And you realize, till I meet Jesus. See, that's why... Paul could say to live is Christ to die is gain because he didn't love see the problem with the church world today and you know what I mean by that those that are trying to play both sides they're trying to be a part of the world and in the church that's not scriptural those that are trying to do that love the world too much and I'm not going to get into this this morning, but we talked about this at men's discipleship yesterday. Lord led me in a whole different direction than what I had planned. I began to talk about the rapture and the tribulation and the things to come. And let me tell you something right now as I end this morning. There is nothing on this earth of pleasure that is worth you staying behind and missing the rapture of Jesus Christ and going through the tribulation. Because I'm telling you something, you are going to wish you would have done, not done those things. I'm just giving you that warning. Amen. Fall in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with Jesus, musicians, you can come. You will fall in love with who he is, and you will not want this world anymore.
The more I fall in love with Jesus, church, the less I want of this world. Does that mean I have to take a vow of poverty and walk? No. Doesn't mean I can't drive a car. Doesn't mean I can't live in a nice house. But my God is Jesus. Not my house, not my car, not my money, not other things. God is Lord. Jesus is Lord of my life. God gives, God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to continue this tonight. I've got a lot more verses I want to get into. and I wish I could have got into all of them today. I will say one more word as they're beginning to play. There's a word that is a, a secular word for, for really the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist. It's called pantheism. Anybody heard that word? What that basically means is God is in everything. God's in everything. God is everything. And basically this pantheism teaching is really what Oprah's teaching and the world's teaching. That book called The Secret came out. There's, the, there's this, there's what, what the devil's trying to do is say, yeah, you can worship God. You can believe in God. But you're, you're kind of a God. And if you be good enough, you, you know, we're all going to be gods. We're all God. You know, we're, and, and that's that teaching is that God's in everything. God's everywhere. We know God's everywhere. He's, om, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. But this teaching is, it means all. And so what that means, and I said this Wednesday because some of you aren't here, the church that's not that's preaching a false doctrine is preaching just enough Jesus so the critics will leave him alone but not too much Jesus to where they can't deceive the followers did you get that that would mean I had another verse I didn't get to this morning that actually says if an angel came and preach the gospel to you today. If, if, if an angel came, listen, I want you to get this. you you got to get this. If right now I'm standing here and some angel appeared next to me and you saw lights and you and it was you knew it was an angel. There was glow and well, everything you see on TV. An angel stood next to me, told me to shut up and began to say Jesus and began to preach any other Jesus than the Jesus I just preached. The Bible says don't believe it. What Jesus left was left. What Jesus did is done. It is finished. He said it is finished. And we've got to hold on to this because in these last days it's going to continue to be attacked. And you can go into a place and you can hear the name of Jesus. But you you ask them people, do you believe Jesus came in the flesh? If they deny it, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of the Living God? Yes. Okay, that's God. Do you believe God? Jesus is the only way? No, that's not God. You've got to understand what you believe this morning. Amen. Bow your heads with me if you don't mind. Let's pray this morning. The Bible teaches us as you bow your heads and close your eyes in reverence to the Lord that faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. The greatest thing I learned over the years was that if I preach Jesus' Word. He'll do the work because his work is in his word. He spoke it, and when he spoke, things happened. His word will change your life this morning. Just by me preaching the word of God this morning, Jesus, 
through his Holy Spirit is touching your heart right now. He's ministering to you. He's speaking to you. He's helping you understand. He's giving you a revelation of Jesus Christ this morning. Saul of Tarsus. In a place that right now today is in massive turmoil in Syria. Damascus is inside of Syria. They're in civil war. In that same area, Saul was on the road to Damascus where there were Christians that he was going to persecute. He thought he was doing right. He thought he was in the right path, as many people do. And he had an encounter with Jesus, and the skies opened, and Jesus said, Why do you persecute me, Saul? Jesus didn't know. He, his heart was right. His, he thought he was. He thought he was on the right path. Jesus said, You're wrong. And he had an encounter with Jesus that day, and he was saved. That's what you need this morning. You don't need another message. You don't need another Bible verse. You need an encounter with God this morning. You've heard the message. You've heard the word. This isn't about church membership this morning. We'd love you to be a member of our church. We'd love you to be a part of this church. It's not about that. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? To be saved this morning, you must confess Jesus Christ is Lord.